Bruce Jones has a special. Y'all pray for me tonight uh, as I try to sing, Jesus, He is the Son of God. And sidewalks fade suddenly, grew still as a man came through the entrance of the city. As he touched and healed a blind man with a little piece of clay, with trembling lips, you could hear the people say. Jesus, Jesus, He is the Son of God. Jesus, Jesus, the precious Son of God. Sweetest rose of Sharon came to set us free. Jesus, Jesus, He's everything to me. Yes, he's all the world to me. There are footprints in the sand along the Sea of Galilee where thousands came to hear and came to see him. There he taught of love and kindness Yes, he brought a better way. As he spoke, they'd turn and whisper and they'd say, Jesus, Jesus, he is the Son of God. Jesus, Jesus, the precious Son of God. Sweetest rose of Sharon came to set us free. Jesus, Jesus, He's everything to me. Yes, He's all the world to me. Then the air grew cold and the sky turned black as they nailed Him to a tree there he died for every man and every country but the price he paid and the blood he shed is changing lives today and with joy and praise you can hear these people say everybody sing Jesus Jesus he is the Son of God, Jesus, Jesus, the precious Son of God. Sweetest rose of Sharon came to set us free, Jesus, Jesus, He's everything to me. Yes, he's all the world to me. Thank you, Brother Bruce, Mr. Barber. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight in the book of Acts, chapter 14. 
And certainly, that is something we should know and believe. Jesus is the Son of God. You know, if He's all the world to us, if you say He's all the world to me, well, that would, wouldn't that mean that we would be willing to lay our life down for Him? I mean, that's something I've never been asked to do. I wonder if the time came, I've uh, met people before and said, oh yeah, no problem, I'd lay my life down for the Lord. <laughs> but they've never been asked to. And a lot of people, that's, that's a tough place to be put. Would I lay my life down for Him? Uh, would I risk uh, losing a friend if, to remain faithful with Jesus? Would I risk losing a job to remain faithful to Jesus? Uh, you know, would I, what would I risk to remain faithful to Jesus? And, you know, and, uh, it's just really a, a neat thrill uh, to have, <clears throat> to have our, our, our missionary, uh, Brother Joel, Miss Nina and Blair with us this evening. And, you know, they'll get to participate in the Lord's Supper with us in just a second. They're a part of our family, off, even though they are. Uh, serving the Lord in another uh, location sent out by us. <clears throat> and what I, and of course, knowing this was on the schedule, and I was uh, going over some scripture, and this same scene is, uh, well, we can witness that we have here tonight, here in the book of Acts, chapter 14. You know, Paul and Barnabas were. Uh, the church at Antioch, which was uh, there in uh, northern Israel at the time, and they laid their hands, that church at Antioch laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas because they felt led of the Lord to, because the Holy Spirit said, separate out me, Paul and Barnabas. And so they went out. They went through a lot of difficult things, and I just kind of want to fly through the first Heart. Uh, it says in Acts chapter 14, verse 1, uh, that they both went into Iconium and uh, says Jews and Greeks got saved. And then in verse 2, there were a bunch of unbelieving Jews that stirred up the Gentiles and got everybody in an uproar about Paul and Barnabas. And uh, and so it was, it says in verse 4, that uh, the multitude of the city was divided and uh, there was an assault made by, in verse 5, of, the, of both the Gentiles and of the Jews and their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. They, they were aware of it, verse 6, and so they took off to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconium. That would be like saying cities of uh, Ashley County. Okay, that's the region there, uh, unto the region that lies around about. And there preached the gospel. And there's this uh, lame man there and, uh, verse, in Lystra in verse 8. And he got uh, healed. And man, he's jumping up and down, verse 10. Everything's awesome. And uh, these, all of a sudden, these people thought, well, these people are like gods, you know, like uh, Zeus and Mercury and. Here they start calling them uh, Jupiter and Mercurius. And uh, so 
Oh, that's not true. As a matter of fact, they're starting to sacrifice people. What? I mean, this that, that was their belief. And oh no, no. Matter of fact, verse fourteen, uh, verse fourteen, Paul and Barnabas heard of it, and they said, "Oh no!" They start tearing their clothes and crying, "No, don't do that! No, no, that's that's not what we're about." And whenever they preached to them, because they didn't know about the law of Moses, and you see Paul doing this a lot of times when people don't know about the law of Moses and Jesus being a Jew and all of the history therein, he'll, he'll start all the way over. He said, let me tell you about the God who created the world. We're not talking about Mercurius and Jupiter. We're not talking about false gods. Let me tell you about the only God who created everything. And that's what he did in verse 15. And, uh, and then he kind, of, he kind of summed it up. and he's, Then he brings in Jesus and he preached Jesus. And, uh, but guess what? They didn't know while he was preaching that some of those hating Jews was following him. Oh boy. Some of those bad to the bone Jews was, didn't like Paul and Barnabas and they were following him. And, uh, and notice verse 19, that's where I'm at. Those Jews that, that were following from Antioch and Iconium. Oh, by the way, that's where he had started a little church. And these were house churches in every little place where he went. And uh, matter of fact, he got them trapped and he cornered Paul. And it says in verse 19 that, Paul didn't have a way out. He, they stoned him. Matter of fact, he, they stoned him so bad, so bad, that they drug him outside the gate, threw him out there with the trash. And so the people who believed Paul and were with him, they're standing around saying, oh, man, they're crying, they're upset. And I love this phrase in verse 20. And... Uh, it says, how be it as the disciples stood round about him. <laughs> I get tickled every time I read this. He got up and said, let's go back to work. <laughs> he got up and said, I mean, imagine that. You're bleeding, your lip. How many of you ever had a busted lip? Doesn't it feel like it weighs five pounds? You know, it sticks out to here. And your eyeballs swelled shut, you know, you know. You can do that whether you get in a fight or you run into the wrong end of a door at night. You know, there's all sorts of ways you can get busted up. And guess what? Paul's all busted up. He's, he's got all these contusions all over him. And he says, hey, let's go back to work. Imagine what he looked like in the pulpit. <laughs> but he says, let's get after it. That's what he says. And notice here, now... Here's where I really want to pick up the story and what I call remaining steadfast. That kind of all summed it up. We brought it all home. He's just, I mean, he's going around. He's doing. He's working. He's doing what God wants him to do. And remember, he's still sore. He's still limping. He's still got bruises. And it says the next day, I'm in the end of verse 20, he departed with Barnabas to Derby, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and taught a handful, no, what does it say? And taught many. He had Bible studies every day. 
hey, let's open it. You know, he would sit down under a sycamore tree with 15 people over here. Over there, he's sitting down under an olive tree. He's teaching 10 more. Over there, he's sitting down under a, a whatever, and he's preaching to 12 more. And he's having all these Bible, Bible studies, Bible studies every day. He'd go to the Jews. Remember, every city he went to, he'd go in the Jewish synagogue. They didn't like him. And he'd go preach to the Gentiles. His story, this story is seen throughout the book of Acts. And notice what he does. Where were those people, where were the people from, if you back up and look at uh, verse 19, where were the hit men from? Antioch and where? Iconium, verse 19. You see that? And uh, guess where he went at the end of verse 21? Lystra, Iconium, and even though he was a wanted man, guess why? Because he had started little churches in those towns and he didn't care. He's going back to check on the people who were saved. And that's why the title, Remaining Steadfast. Why was he going back? What does verse 22 say? Matter of fact, I have it underlined in my Bible. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting, encouraging them to continue in the faith that we, through much tribulation, must enter the kingdom of God. Verse 23. And when they had ordained them elders, this not this past Saturday, but Saturday before we had uh, Trey's ordination service. And uh, so we ordained Trey. He's uh, licensed and ordained, preaching the gospel. He ordained them elders in every church. Guess what that means? He says, you know what? And I think they may have done it a little bit differently than we do. But he says, you know what? Uh, Bruce... You're in charge of Sunday school. <laughs> they didn't have Sunday school back then. They just had Bible study. All right. And they just, you know, and what it was, I think the Holy Spirit, just like the Holy Spirit told the church to separate out Paul and Barnabas, I think the Holy Spirit led Paul and Barnabas, now that they're going out, doing what the Holy Spirit of God told them to do, and they would go into each of those groups and they would work with the men. They said, Joe Bob. You need to preach. You need to do this. You need to teach these people what I've taught you the other night for 18 hours. And they'd have an 18-hour Bible study. And it says not only did they exhort them, they encouraged them, and they confirmed them. So guess what? That's a lot. The full-time job. And it says what? When they had prayed, they commended them, in verse 23, to the Lord on whom they had believed. And after they had passed throughout Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from thence they sailed to Antioch. Where was their sending church? Antioch. Guess where they're headed back? Just like we have tonight, Joel and Miss Anita back with us tonight. And what does it say that Paul and Silas did? When they got there... They sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, uh, what are we doing here tonight? We are gathered together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them. 
And how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. Remaining steadfast. What does that entail? Well, that entails in our Bible study class this evening, we talked about commitment. And it involves commitment. You know, whenever you have a spouse, it involves commitment. Whenever we have a missionary, it involves commitment. Whenever you have a pastor, it involves commitment. Whenever you have a job, if you want to keep that job, it involves commitment. It does. Now, how many jobs are out there where where you just show up whenever you want to? How long are you going to keep it? You know, it's kind of like the way people treat church, though, sometimes. I just, well, I'll just show up whenever it's convenient for me and it fits into my schedule. Boss, I think I'll just, uh, I'll show up next week. (laughs) No, you won't have a job next week. It involves commitment. You know, in looking at this here, I can just imagine what stories, little details that are not even included in the Bible, you know, you hear these uh, stories that Brother Joel shares sometimes about how that uh, somebody they've worked with for a year and all of a sudden they, they get it. They see the light. They're, they're, I mean, they're excited about the work or they'll see somebody get saved that they, they weren't expecting to get saved. And isn't that just like whenever we, when we have church and we're working and doing and we start a ministry or we try something. and But you want, you'll see somebody come you didn't even expect to come. Why? Because God is faithful. All He wants us to do is to remain faithful. And as the title of this evening's message, remain steadfast. To remain steadfast even when there's opposition. To remain steadfast even when there's problems. Oh. Uh, how many marriages have been dissolved because there wasn't commitment? How many marriages have been dissolved because there was pro- there were problems? Folks, there's going to be problems in everything in life. If you if you own a vehicle, do you know what you're going to have problems? I've heard a lot of people say that. Man, I'd love to have a. Uh, I want to. I, I drive a newer vehicle that way. I don't have to work on it as much, and then they'll have recalls on them and. <laughs> And then they'll have a this happen. You know, it's a brand new vehicle, but the, the transmission will go out or the something will happen. You just It doesn't matter the age or anything. There's always going to be problems in life. Church, there's going to be problems. There's going to be difficulties. Sin. You don't even, but a lot of people say, well, the devil, he gets in and does this. And you don't even have to have that. <laughs> all you, all you got to have is flesh. It just sin affects everything. Good people, nice people, young people, old people. Sin affects us all. It does. And you just have to say, you know what? Yeah, we'll work through it. And guess what? I'm going to remain what? Steadfast. Steadfast. Matter of fact, let's wrap it up before we have the invitation. Uh, Head to First Corinthians. Just a could preach probably just on this one. One verse. 1 Corinthians 15. 
and the very last verse of 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, the very last verse. What does it say? Therefore, my beloved brethren. You know what that means? My beloved in Christ. My, my saved brothers and sisters in Jesus. Be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's a lot of people that are steadfast, unmovable, but the work of the Lord is far from them. Actually, steadfast just means I've got my my face set on Jesus. Remember Peter this morning? My face is on him. I'm headed toward him. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Let's be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this time that we have to, this evening to consider the fact that no matter what life throws at us, no matter uh, the difficulties, we, we get caught up in, in, in our own desires, our own distractions, but dear Lord, I pray that we would have our eyes focused on you. That we would not let difficulties or just even weariness, even just plain old tiredness, keep us from sharing the gospel. Keep us from inviting others to church. Keep us from wanting to encourage somebody else. Father, I thank you that you've brought Brother Joel safely back here from he and his family, from all of their travels, be with all of the ones that are facing health obstacles and difficulties. And I pray that you would just touch them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen.